Prophecy Club. On 323, I was invited to speak on the Omega Man radio program, and I talked on Miss the Mark, and this is the audio of my talk on that program. Enjoy. How to know when the tribulation starts. There are some people out there that think the tribulation's already started. There are some people that think we're in the sixth seal, which is just rubbish, and I'm going to show you that tonight. So let me start with a, a, a true-false question. I'm going to read a list of things, and I'm going to tell you right now, of the things I'm going to list, only three of them are accurate. So I'm asking you to just kind of where you are, ask yourself if that's right or wrong, and see if you can figure out which of these three are correct. So when the Antichrist announces he is the Antichrist, that starts the tribulation. When the Antichrist sits on the Ark of the Covenant, that starts the tribulation. When the first seal is open, when we see people float into the air, when we see many graves open, when we hear a long, loud trumpet, which may sound like a 1970s car horn, when the news tells us the tribulation has started, when people are taking the mark on the forehead or the right hand, or when a peace treaty is signed. Three of those are correct. Those three are these. When the first seal is opened, when we see many graves open, when we hear a long, loud trumpet, which may sound like a 1970s car horn. Now, technically, when a peace treaty is signed, but the problem is, as I'm about to explain, that might be very difficult. So let's jump to that one. So Matthew 24, this starts off, and I'm not going to read all four of these verses, but it starts off, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, upon the holy city, finish the transgression, da, da, da. We skip down four verses, and it's talking about the Antichrist which, in my opinion, would be more correctly called the beast. Because it only like eight times refers to the Antichrist, but <laughs> many times the Bible refers to the beast. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, first of all, it doesn't say peace treaty. It says covenant. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a war that has stopped and there's a peace treaty. The next thing is, is it says it's for one week. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that a peace treaty was signed and it's supposed to only last seven years. It may be that, I mean, most peace treaties when they're signed are intended to last forever. It's just that it only lasts for one seven, one week. And now that's the next thing. What do you mean a week? Well, the word in the Hebrew there for one week is actually the word Shabua. Now, kind of like we say a couple is two, or six is half a dozen, or, or 12 is a dozen, well, Shabuah means seven. And it doesn't necessarily even say this is talking about the Antichrist. Now, if you read it in context, I believe it is. But there's a better way to tell when the tribulation actually starts, rather than trying to spot some peace treaty that might not even be a peace treaty, it might not even be one that you spot. It might not even be public. I mean, there's a lot of agreements that are signed in private. Matter of fact, most of the, the, the agreements, the covenants, are really signed in private. So, in my opinion, that's not as good as what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you some things to really look for that I think just about every person on the globe will be informed. I think we will know when the tribulation started or starts, and it has not started. Okay, so the first question is, so what's the better thing? Well, Revelation 6.1 says, 
And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Okay. Now, does that mean we're going to hear it? It did not necessarily say that every ear on the planet hears that. But then we go to Ken Peter's dream. All right, so out of the 160 guest speakers, Prophecy Club, Club had over 28 years, making 330 DVDs. Still today, Ken Peter's uh, DVD that he made called I Saw the Tribulation, which, by the way, you can order the DVD at prophecyclub.com or you can watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. You can go there right now and watch I Saw the Tribulation by Ken Peters, and you can actually see him saying what I'm about to read to you. So anyway, the story was about 35 years ago, he had a dream when he was called to be a prophet. And of all of the 330 DVDs, I don't think to this day I received one person saying, this guy's a kook. (laughs) Not one complaint saying, this guy's got a crack, man, in his head, and he's got a hole in his head, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No complaints. In other words, everybody I know of believes that he heard from God, believes that God showed him the tribulation. So with that as credibility, it says, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the fourth beasts, four beasts saying, come and see. So now let's go to what Ken Peters said in his dream. He says, then all of a sudden I was given the opportunity to see from the heavens looking down on the earth. I was able to see very clearly many cemeteries and graves, and I thought, uh, and I was brought very close to many of these graves. And the ground was breaking open, literally. The dirt was breaking open silently, and people were coming out of the graves, and I saw people resurrected from the graves. Now, if we go to Matthew 27, 51, it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent twain, in other words, in two, from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake. So many times, when God is doing something significant, there's an earthquake. The earth did quake, and the rocks were rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies came out of the graves, and saints that which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, went into the holy city, and appeared to many. So, when Jesus arose, there were many graves opened. So it is very possible, and actually this is talking about when, when he was crucified, when he died, but associated with that, many graves were open, bodies came out, and saints that were sleeping arose. So that is, there's precedent to say that. Okay, so now let's go back to what Ken said in his dream. Uh, he says, what was unusual is that one cemetery plot headstones would have a person come out of the dirt, and the next one next to it would not. It seemed to be not just random, but categorized. They launched out of the dirt. It was very violent. It was as though a small explosion was taking place inside the grave. It literally broke broke open. I literally saw dirt flying. And I saw this all all over the globe. It wasn't just in one area. It wasn't just the United States. It was instantly all over the globe. Okay, so that's one of the things we could look for. We could look for people coming out of the graves. He says the clothes they were wearing seemed to be like choir robes. They were long like a dress, kind of a cloak around their neck, hanging off of them. These people came out of the middle of the day, yet they were glimmering. Their outfits and their bodies were brighter than the sun. I could see the brightness of these people shining out, men, 
although their robes are very similar, the men appear to be very masculine, and the women appear to be very feminine. Older people came out, and the appearance they weren't old, you could tell that they had lived a full life, maybe 80, 75 years, but their hair was lost. <laughs> he says their hair that had been lost was back again. They looked mature, but they didn't look old. I saw a very a bunch of very young people resurrected. Although they looked young, they weren't very young. There was a maturity about them. All the people that came out, they just then disappeared. He said they were only there for a few moments, and then they disappeared. He says, I don't know if they were taken. I don't know if they were hidden somewhere. I don't know if they were taken in the clouds because I never saw them go up. Oh, oh, oh. And he makes a very important distinction. He says, I never saw anyone alive taken up. He said, I only saw the graves open up. Now, I thought I had this all here in front of me, and I'm going to have to add this, so I'm going to do this ad lib off the top of my head. He said, it all started when we heard this long, loud horn honk. And he says, it sounded like a 1970s car horn. And it was long, and it was loud, and every person on earth heard it. I want to believe, I want to believe that that's Revelation 6.1. And when he opened one of the seals, I heard as it were the noise of thunder. But we can't say that's for certain. But we can say that the opening of the graves is associated with, with Jesus dying. So we can hope that we're going to be able to spot graves open. I think you'd agree that if we heard a long, loud what sounded like a trumpet or a car horn sounding. And I think we would be able to see that graves from around the globe all of a sudden just exploded open. I think we would hear just people saying, hey, man, did you hear about the graves that just burst open? I mean, there's nobody in the graves. They're just an empty open grave, and it happened all around the globe. I think we would know that. Now, back to what he said. Mass hysteria began to hit the earth. People had the appearance of absolute despair and hysteria. There was pandemonium everywhere. There was mass chaos, lawlessness, and fear. I was able to see many quadrants of the earth, and there wasn't any one nation that this was, was happening to. All over the globe was experiencing. It was, it was like every person on, oh, on the earth had just left their mother's funeral. He says that's how people appeared. They were grieving, despondent. I really wasn't ready for this mass pandemonium and despair. It had begun to permeate all of society. Television. Telephone, radio, he says, this is very unusual. He said, also, there's, there was this very unusual communication device that was shut down. This communication all around the globe, he says, and there was these people that had these little white boxes that what looked to be like a television set and was in many of the people's homes in the United States. When I saw these, they were in nearly every single home, and they had words written across them, and occasionally it would look as though a television was playing through them. All those media devices were all shut down for about a two-week period. In other words, he's talking about probably a computer. He said the television communications were down for a period of time. Many people asked me what would cause this. He said, well, an EMP pulse could cause that. Military experts warned Congress such an explosion could knock out all of our data banks and things like that. Try to imagine mass hysteria. The inability for a supermarket to contact its suppliers or to get more supplies or gasoline. He said, I began to walk the streets in shock at the current events. After about two weeks of time, television radio began to come up and running again. However, 
it was completely different than it was previously. Then there was a broadcast that began to be bombarded everywhere around the globe, and they were depicting depicting a soon-to-come new government and leadership, and they were saying that a man would be emerging to lead us. The man finally came on the scene, and he began to speak with great eloquence and charisma. He was soothing and promised answers to all the current issues. This man was smooth and extremely convincing. Able to solve nearly, nearly all problems, he was a consummate communicator and explained how this removal of people was God's judgment upon them. This rattled me in the dream, He's, because he wasn't a Christian in the dream. He said, I didn't understand his position. Let me tell you so you can comprehend where I'm coming from, because at the time I was not a born-again Christian. In the dream, when this man spoke to me, it began to convince me. It began to pull me out into the messages. He reminded me of Adolf Hitler speaking to the masses, but he had a demonic charisma about him that would literally pull the masses into him. That was nothing compared to what I saw. Nothing. There was nothing compared to what I saw. He he was able to rally an entire world. This individual was able to rally the globe. He was very, very frightening. Almost immediately, he began to communicate through large screen televisions that were strategically placed everywhere. The general populace would see them. This man's speeches and his directions for the whole world had to be uh, had to do with, quote, new times upon us as human beings, new directives for global peace and the need to give up current citizenship for world citizenship. I love this country, he said. And so this dream rattled me to the very core of my being. This man continually and constantly spoke of world order and the benefits of all men dwelling together in peace. Now, even though I was disturbed in the dream, I was also being pulled into this guy because it sounded so very, very good. World peace sounds good until you see the cost. There is no genuine world peace until the Prince of Peace, as in Jesus, establishes throne on earth. That's the bottom line. No human being is going to bring peace to this earth. The only human being who's all human, who's all God, is going to bring peace to this earth, and that's Jesus Christ. Okay, so what we're looking for, more so than a peace agreement, more so than some covenant, more so than some covenant that may or may not be actually signed and agreed to for seven years. So more so than that, we're listening for a long, loud whatever that may sound like a 1970s car horn. But we'll also see all of the electronics go down for approximately two weeks. And my guess is that that's the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus resurrecting millions of dead bodies around the globe all in the same instant, that also fries our computer chips or makes them at least go to sleep for a couple of weeks. And the third thing is then we see graves open. Now that one, graves open, exploded open, we can spot that. (laughs) We might not be real sharp on all this other stuff, but people are going to be saying when there's graves opening. All right, now, Let's talk about how to spot the Antichrist now. How to spot him early. Don't wait until he starts handing out the mark of the beast. Let's see if we can spot him early. So let's go to Revelation thirteen six, 
And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. It's talking about the beast. To blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. Okay, we understand blasphemy's name. People do that all the time anyway. And his tabernacle. So, yeah, they're going to be talking about the tabernacle in Jerusalem. But rest assured, this guy's going to be talking down about the church and them that dwell in heaven, meaning the old prophets, the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament prophets. That's pretty good because right now, well, right now, people don't talk bad about Jesus. I mean, even the sinners don't talk bad about Jesus. Nobody pretty much, says anything bad about Jesus. They take his name in vain and stuff like that, but they don't openly speak bad about Jesus. So that's going to really point a big finger identifying the beast. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. (laughs) We're going to be able to spot that. Making war with the saints. See, I don't think it's going to be just a bullet war. I think it's going to be a war of words. See, that's what it says. He opened his mouth. That's words. Okay. Open his mouth and blasphemy. He's going to come against the saints with words. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all, and all, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning, if a person's name, I'll say it again. If a person's name is not already, I'll say it again, if a person's name is not already, as in prior to the beast, prior to the starting of the tribulation, prior to the first seal be opening, if a name, if a person's name is not already in the book of life, if they're not already as Jesus into the heart, the chances that they're going to be able to see past this beast, to get past this beast and all of his deceptions, while it's possible, it's going to be nigh impossible. Meaning, if you know people that have not accepted Jesus, <laughs> don't say, oh, well, when they see the trouble, they're going to accept Jesus. I won't worry about it. They'll go looking for Jesus then. Don't count on it. Because when this first seal opens, when the first seal opens and that beast starts talking, his words are going to catch them. He's going to catch their heart. I'm saying, if you have loved ones, and I know you do, that have not accepted Jesus, the time to talk to them, the time to talk to them is now, my brothers and sisters, don't wait. You've been warned. Now let's jump to another stunning verse, because this is showing you another thing this beast is going to have. He's going to be good. Daniel 8, 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Oh, this guy's going to be good. He's going to have answers when nobody else have, has answers. He's going to be able to explain the secrets of the universe. Now, that might be lies, probably are lies, but he is going to have a fierce countenance. You know what that word fierce countenance means? It means he's not going to be a jokester. He's not going to be funny. He's not going to be trying to be like everybody wanted Trump to be, you know, this big pastor, this big, warm, fuzzy. No, no, no. This guy's going to be fierce. Then we go to Daniel 7.20. Out of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, before whom three, uh, we'll get to explain this in just a second, whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, here it is, and a mouth 
that spake very great things. See, that's what Revelation said, too. He has a mouth that speaks very great things, but here's the point I want to make. Whose look was more stout than his fellows. And what's the word stout means? I looked it up. It means greater. Means this guy. This guy is going to be the best looking man that has ever lived on the planet. Women are going to take one look at this guy and their hearts are going to melt. Men are going to look at this guy and they're going to say, oh man, well, I wish I would like him. He's going to have everybody's heart just from his looks. And then when he opens his mouth and speaks, see, the Bible says that the, the, the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So who do you think that is talking? Well, Jesus, wasn't he beautiful? No, the Bible actually said he was comely. <laughs> he's a common guy. I mean, he's a guy that you could look on the street and you wouldn't think he's anything special by just looking at him. But this guy, oh, he's Mr. Flesh. This is the guy that all the women and all the men wish that they could be like. All the women are going to go after him. All the men are going to say, man, I wish I would like him. Then we go to Daniel 7, 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. He's going to be strong exceedingly. And he had great iron teeth. I'll explain all that. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts before it, and it had ten horns. Now, let's talk about that. What they're going to do is start a world government. They're going to divide, and it would take me a while to explain all this, but if you go into Revelation 13, 1, they divide the seven continents, the seven land masses, into ten global regions. Then each of those regions has a ruler to it. That's the reason it says it had ten horns. That's the way it's interpreted. I considered the horns. In other words, this means that all of the ten regions of the seven continents have all been established. So we got seven continents divided in. This is how you can spot him, because this is real important. You got seven continents divided into ten global regions. Each global region has a ruler. Then Daniel says, I considered the, considered the horns, meaning I saw all ten horns in place. That's very important. I saw a world government, seven continents, divided into ten global regions, each global region having a ruler. They're in place. Now, once they're in place, and not until they're in place, you can see that the beast will rise. So then it says, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. So once we see 10 global regions, then we're going to be able to spot the beast because he's going to be the 11th one. He's going to be the 11th regional ruler, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. So when we see an 11th regional ruler come up and overthrow three of the other established regional rulers, we're going to say, there he is. That's him. I got him. I got a beat on that guy. That's him. There he is. Now, maybe no one else can spot him. Maybe people think you're a nutso. <laughs> That's not the Antichrist. He looks too good. He said, yeah, look at, he was the 11th. He just overthrew three of the other regional rulers. That's him. That's the man. That's him. Why do you want to spot him early? Because if you are living in Jerusalem at the time, that tells you that before he commits the abomination of desolation by sitting on the Ark of the Covenant, 
by stopping animal sacrifice and saying he is God, just like the New Testament says, and he said it in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I mean, that is the whole point of Lucifer's existence. He wants to be God. He wants the people of the world to bend the knee and to worship him. That's what he wants. Now, let's continue. Before whom three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn, here it is, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. See, that's what Revelation says. This guy's going to look good. He's going to sound good. He's going to be intelligent beyond belief. He's going to have answers like the world has, has been wanting answers to for all eternity. Everybody doesn't say, oh, man, we got to make him the leader. Everybody got to follow him. Then Mr. Pope, Mr. False Prophet, jumps up. He points at him and says, there he is. That's him. That's the man God. That's the Christ. That's the Messiah. That's the God we've been looking for. And everybody swallows it. Hook, line, sinker, fishing pole, and the whole boat. If he's the leader, then we got to throw away all these other religions. We got to throw away all the other religions and all of the other leaders and all of the other national borders. We have to all be as one. It's good, isn't it? It's a good plan. It's the best plan, my brothers and sisters. And believe me, it's so good that most people will go along with it because all whose name is in the book of life are going to be saved. At least that's God's plan. Okay, so now let's jump to another another segment here. Let's talk about, go to another PowerPoint. Let's, talk, let's go to Revelation 13, 5, and let's talk about the mouth of the beast. He says some things here that are very important. Revelation 13, 5, and there was given him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy. His power was given to him to continue 42 months. Now that says another thing. See, when this trumpet blows and when the graves explode and when everything turns off for two weeks, all the electronics, that does not necessarily mean, oh, where's the Antichrist? As a matter of fact, when the Antichrist arrives, we, he won't be easy to spot because a lot of people say, well, do you think the Antichrist is alive on the earth right now? I can give you the answer. Absolutely, positively, there is no question. I can tell you the Antichrist is not on the face of the earth right now because the Bible tells where he is. And the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall go into perdition. He is in the bottomless pit. He is falling. That's what the bottomless pit means. He's falling and falling and falling endlessly and helplessly cannot escape. Right now, he is in the bottomless pit, falling endlessly and helplessly. And when the first seal is opened and heard as it were the noise of thunder, then he is released from the bottomless pit. But he is not immediately set into rulership over the world. I'll read it again. And there was given him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. That means he's given the mouth to rise to the top. And power was given to him to continue 40 and two months. How long is that? That's three and a half years or time times and the dividing of time or uh, half of seven years, however you want to cut it up. Meaning he actually doesn't come to power until the middle of the tribulation. But we prophecy students, we want to be able to spot him early. We don't want to wait until he is the world ruler, until he is requiring everyone to take the mark of the beast. We want to spot the guy early. 
Verse 6. And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. We read that. And was given to him to make war over the saints and to overcome them. Powers given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. Now, here's the part you don't want to hear. And I don't like it, but I didn't write the stuff. I'm just delivery boy. Verse 9 says, If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. What does that mean? Actually, that means a whole lot. You remember when the centurions came to arrest Jesus about four o'clock in the morning? You remember Peter picked up a sword and cut off one of the soldiers' ears. Jesus put the ear back on and turned to Peter and said, Put up the sword. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Well, that's an eternal rule, okay? I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Here's the best deal we've ever offered at the Prophecy Club. Five Hell Pre-Trib 1, five Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, five God's Warning to America, five Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, and ten Miss the Mark, 40 books, gift of $100, prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. Terry Sock of Cornerstone Asset Metals is a prophecy student, reads his King James Bible, and wants to help Prophecy Club win souls even if it means he loses money. I think that's the right attitude. When someone values winning souls more than making money, and he's doing so by sponsoring Prophecy Club on radio. So, if you'd like to help win souls, the next time you need gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins, contact cornerstoneassetmetals.com. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so just tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you.